podcast time. Hey, Jim. Jim, what time is it? up the podcast that saves you all the money on all the things okay welcome to the 14th episode of it all adds up i'm lizzie and today i'm joined by my brother john greetings so over the last 13 weeks we figured out how to save the average u.s household up to 1288 dollars per year on their energy and water bills and today we'll dive into the second episode of our four episode mini series on reducing your heating and cooling expenses at home and remember these heating and cooling expenses are by no means negligible together they account for 42 percent of the average u.s household's energy bills averaging 882 dollars per year but if you've already implemented our suggestions from last episode about tightening your building envelope, you've already reduced your heating and cooling expenses by at least 15%. So that brings the average down from $882 per year to just $749 per year. Right. So we touched on insulating ductwork, which can actually reduce energy loss by up to 40% in some cases, and insulating attics. Then we touched on upgrading Energy Star windows, and we also touched on smart practices for when to keep your blinds closed. And leaving your blinds open on a window that lets in direct sunlight could increase that room's temperature by 10 to 20 degrees Fahrenheit, which could be awesome during the winter when you're cold. But during the summer, this temperature rise can greatly increase your cooling expenses. And reducing cooling expenses is exactly what we will focus on today. So cooling expenses cost the average U.S. household about $273 per year, or maybe as low as $232 per year for homes that have already tightened their building envelope. And like we mentioned last episode, a household's cooling cost is greatly dependent on the home's location. For example, homes in the southeast region of the U.S. average about $550 per year in cooling costs, and homes in the southwest average about $350 per year. And both of these numbers are much higher than the national average of $273 per year. And one of the reasons that homes in the southeast might face a higher cooling expense than homes in the southwest is that the southeast is super humid while the southwest is super dry. Exactly. So let's take a step back to explain why the southeast might face higher cooling expenses. First, let's start with relative humidity. So relative humidity measures how much moisture is in the air compared to how much moisture the air could hold at its current temperature. So if the relative humidity is 40%, that means the air is holding 40% of the water vapor that it can hold before that vapor condenses to liquid water. And air at higher temperatures can hold more water vapor than air at lower temperatures. So when air is cooled in our homes, its relative humidity increases. But since humans are most comfortable in relative humidity levels between 40 and 60%, cooling systems in humid climates have to both cool and dehumidify air to maintain indoor comfort. So in the humid southeast, cooling expenses can be higher because the system needs more energy to both cool and dehumidify the air. Right. And this humidity control is important for avoiding mold buildup. This is also why it's best to leave the bathroom exhaust fan on while you're showering and for about 10 to 20 minutes after you're out of the shower to remove the moisture from the room. But anyway, the point we're trying to make is that cooling needs are different based on climate. And different types of cooling systems work better depending on where you live. So in hot, dry climates, systems called evaporative coolers tend to work well. 
They evaporate water to cool and humidify the surrounding air, which greatly increases human comfort. Plus, the average household with an evaporative cooling system spends only about $161 per year to operate it. And in moderate climates that have both a heating and a cooling season, heat pumps tend to work well. And there are a few different categories of heat pumps, air source, water source, and ground source. And these just refer to what medium the heat pump is using to transfer heat in or out of your home. And since the ground temperature is pretty constant all year, the ground source heat pumps tend to be the most efficient. They're also a bit more expensive, but there are usually a ton of rebates or tax credits available that help offset their initial cost. And once you have a heat pump installed, you can save 30 to 60% in energy costs per year. Damn. But the most common type of cooling system found in U.S. homes is a split system. For these households, upgrading to an Energy Star model can reduce cooling costs by up to 50% a year, even for systems that are just over 10 years old. Nice. That would bring the average annual cost down from $273 to just $136. So split systems are used in houses that have central air, which means that there is ductwork that transports the conditioned air across multiple rooms in a house. And about 65% of households use central air conditioning systems, but about 25% use individual units, like a window unit. And it turns out that window units are a super cheap option for cooling systems, as long as residents turn the systems on only when they are occupying the room. Because the window units only cool one room at a time, compared to an entire house, their average annual costs are only $156 per year, which is way better than the national average of $273 per year. Sounds like window units are the way to go. And another great option is to use fans instead of cooling systems. A fan can make the room temperature feel anywhere from 4 to 10 degrees cooler. Plus, fans only require about 10% of the energy costs that are needed by most cooling systems. But it's important to remember that fans make people feel cool, but they don't actually reduce the air temperature. So fans cool people, not rooms, which is why you should turn your fan off in unoccupied rooms. Exactly. And the easiest and cheapest way to reduce your cooling needs is to wear light clothing. Wear shorts and a t-shirt over the summer, even while you're inside. Another super simple strategy is to spend your time in naturally cool spaces. Our parents have two stories in their house, and I bet the upstairs is at least 10 to 15 degrees warmer than the downstairs, especially over the summertime. So over the summer, they started sleeping in the spare bedroom downstairs, which lets them keep their thermostat 5 degrees warmer than they used to have it. And as always, proper maintenance of your cooling systems is the key to maintaining their efficiency. Make sure to replace or clean filters as needed, because dirty filters can increase cooling expenses by up to 7%. And lastly, the reason we decided to talk about building envelope before cooling systems is that it's super important to tighten your building envelope before upgrading your cooling system. Tightening your building envelope reduces how much energy your cooling system needs to cool your home. This means that you can buy a smaller sized cooling system to meet your cooling needs. And smaller systems are generally cheaper than larger ones. If you have a cooling system that's too big, it won't operate efficiently. And if you have a cooling system that's too small, it won't be able to maintain indoor air comfort. Okay, quick recap. 
All right, so the average U.S. household spends $882 per year to condition indoor air, with 273 of those dollars used for cooling. But for homes that have already tightened their building envelope, this cooling price is probably closer to $232 per year. Damn. And cooling system performance is super dependent on local climate. But upgrades for heat pumps and split systems can save 50 to 60 percent, bringing the average cooling cost down to just $110 per year or down to $93 per year if you've already tightened your building envelope. Hell yeah. And you can save 60% on cooling costs by switching to window units, and you can save up to 90% by switching to fans. But just make sure the window units and fans are only on if people are in the rooms. Hell yeah. And you can achieve even further savings by reducing your cooling needs, by wearing light clothing, and by spending time in naturally cooler rooms. Hell yeah. So again, because cooling is so dependent on local factors, we're going to be conservative and estimate 15% savings. But we're confident that many homes can achieve savings of 30% or more with these recommendations. So after just 14 episodes, we're up to $1,323 in savings. And keep in mind that the savings from this episode depend on the climate in your area, how big your home is, what cooling system you have, how efficient your system is, and the price that your utilities charge for energy. But even if these financial savings can seem small, just remember, it all adds up. And be sure to follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is it all adds up podcast. Our website is it all adds up podcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook at it all adds up the podcast. And a huge shout out to John for handling all of the audio work for this podcast. Follow his bands by searching Stray Tuesday or Mother of Earl on Spotify and Apple Music. Oh, it looks like we're getting another listener calling in. Hey guys, it's me again. Um, Still a huge fan, by the way. I just wanted to make sure I'm following this podcast correctly, okay? So I've been washing my dishes while I shower with my clothes on in the dark. Am I doing this right? Well, is the shower water cold? It's whatever the temperature of the rain happens to be that day. Perfect. Thank you.